Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Shalom. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and this is the House of Ephraim show with Cradle of Hope on Tuesday, January the 31st, 2023. January, the last day of January. We've already, we've already are one twelfth into this year. Wow. Wow. The first month is is coming to a conclusion today. Well, I have a few announcements that I'm going to make, but first, I have a word from our... And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and I have a few announcements I want to make. As you know, we had an awesome quarterly. Those of you that were present can can attest to that. God was there. He met our needs, and we came away absolutely, absolutely thrilled to be in God's presence. And it, it was a terrific quarterly. And so if you missed it for whatever reason, we have another quarterly coming up. Yes, we do in April. That will be April 21st through the 23rd, okay? April 21 through the 23rd this year, 2023. That will be held at uh, the, the synagogue there in Fairfield out in the corn patch, and uh, check out our itinerary on www.jewishprofit.com for more information. We have available online Sabbath fellowship. That is with Prophet Mark Reinbold on our YouTube channel, Jewish Prophet. We also have a Wednesday evening streaming that's available on that same channel. I do that one. We have Blog Talk Radio as those of you who are listening know this is five days a week with the late Prophet Deckard. And we have another blog radio station 
with Prophet Gary Burpee and Prophet Greg Burpee on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. If you are interested, email us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. We will get out to you that information. Well, as I said today, well, I don't think I did, but today's Tuesday. It's Teacher's Tuesday, and we are going to begin a new series, okay? We're going to begin a series on Passover because guess what? <laughs> Excuse me. Passover is coming. Passover is on its way. And so we are getting ready. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Have the incense burning here, and it's getting in my throat, causing me to cough. I apologize for the coughing. Get get myself a drink here and see what I can do about this. But Passover, Passover. Um, I haven't looked up the date of when Passover begins. It's I believe in April. Yes, April. April, um, sundown, April the 5th, going through sundown, April the 12th. Passover, Pesach. We're going to begin the study on this. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So Genesis chapter 21. God, God had made and created Adam and Eve, and he had specifically told them not to eat of the tree in the garden. They could have everything else, but there was one thing they could not have. And just like all of us, There's something about our human nature that when we're told you can't do that, we're determined to do it. And Adam and Eve succumbed to darkness and the devil used the serpent to tempt them and they ate of that tree. God would come down every evening to to fellowship with them. But when he came down that evening, they hid. They hid. And God said, where are you? Now, God knew where they were at. God knew what had happened. He said, where are you? And they said, we're over here. Isn't that just like children? Isn't that what we do when we sin, we hide? We hide. We Children hide from their parents. <coughs> we hide from the boss. We hide from God. Well, you can't hide from God. God sees you. He said, why are you hiding? 
They said, because we're naked. <coughs> God said, who told you you were naked? And I don't think he said it kindly like that. I think it was more like, who told you you were naked? I think that's how he said it. I really do. But because of their sin, God had to cover that sin. And that covering had to be done through a blood sacrifice. Now, here in 21, it says, And to Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. He covered their nakedness. But he covered it with what? He covered it. He covered it with through a blood sacrifice. I want you to think about this. Adam and Eve, <coughs> they had never, <coughs> they had, I'm sorry, they had never experienced or even seen death. This was new to them. This was new to them. Can you imagine how they felt? They'd never experienced it. They'd never seen it before. It was something totally new. It must have been traumatic for them to watch God kill that animal and skin it to create them a covering. But God was setting a precedent. He was saying, look, sin must be covered or you cannot come into the presence of a holy God. That's why we teach you that when you get ready to pray, the first thing you need to do is repent. Repent for your sins, known and unknown. Every day, every day, every day. Today we're going to teach about the cycle through history. In Genesis chapter 22, a new cycle has begun. A transition has started. Genesis 22, 1 through 14. It came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here am I. He said, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, (coughs) whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he claved the wood for the burnt offering, and he rose up. And he went unto the place which God had told him. Abraham was quick to obey. He didn't say, you know, Sarah, I need to to fast and pray. I believe God's telling me that we need to sacrifice our son. 
Now, I want you to realize how precious Isaac was to Abraham and to Sarah. God had promised Abraham. He had told Abraham, I will give you a son. And they waited. They waited and they waited and it never happened. It never happened. There are those of you that out there that, that you know, in this day and age, you, do, you can do fertility, go to a fertility doctor, and they try to do things. They try to run tests, figure out whether it's the mother or the father, who it is that's not capable of producing child. Well, they didn't have that back then. And so Sarah, I got this idea. She was like, I bet the problem is him. Can't be me. It must be him. And so she decided, you know what? Why don't you take my handmaiden, Hagar? You just take Hagar and you you go in unto her and have have a child through her. And guess what? To her surprise, Abraham wasn't a problem, was he? Nope. Hagar got pregnant, had a son. Ishmael, and remember what happened? Sarah, Sarah got jealous. Sarah began, she began to mistreat Hagar. But now Hagar wasn't innocent in this. She began to taught Sarah. See, the problem wasn't him, it was you. You were the problem. You were the one who couldn't have children. You were the one that's holding back God's promise. No, no, that wasn't the case, was it? That wasn't the case at all. Guess what? God finally told Abraham, he said, you send Hagar and Ishmael off because they are not the inheritance that I promised you. No, the inheritance I promised you will be through Sarah. And I want you to see here in verse 2. He said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac. God did not even acknowledge here that Ishmael was in the picture at all. He considered Isaac Abraham's only son. Well, I want you to think about something. Ishmael's mother was was an Egyptian or Midnite. Can't remember right now. I didn't look it up. But she was not. She was not of what was become Israel. She had no part in this. And God said, Ishmael is not the covenant, the child that I promised you. It's Isaac. It's Isaac. He said, now I want you to take Isaac. You can imagine how much Sarah and Abraham loved Isaac. He was the child that they had. He was the miracle baby. 
Sarah and, and him, they, they were past the age. She was past the age of bearing children. She'd been through menopause, girls, and she had a child. She had a child, Isaac, God's promise. She said, I want you to take that child, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and I want you to offer him for a burnt offering. And Abraham rose up the next morning to take off. On the third day, how many days was Yeshua in the grave? Three days. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. I want you to notice that Isaac carried the wood. Yeshua carried the cross. All of this, all of this foreshadows Yeshua's coming. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Isaac knew there had to be a blood sacrifice. There had to be a lamb. And Abraham answered and said, My son, God, will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Abraham is speaking faith. He's speaking faith. And they came to the place where God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there. And he laid the wood on the altar, and he bound his son, Isaac, and laid him on the altar on the wood. Now, when I was growing up, I'd always see the coloring pages or picture books. Isaac was always, oh, probably about 12. Just a young man. But the Jews say he was more like around it in, in his 30s what we would consider to be a young adult. He was probably stronger than his dad. He probably could have fought dad off and tied him up and put him on the altar. But when you read in your prayer book, it says Isaac willingly. Isaac willingly. He trusted his father that he heard from God. And he willingly allowed Dad to bind him and put him on that altar as a sacrifice. Yeshua. Yeshua in obedience to Father God willingly went to the cross. 
His flesh didn't want to go. He cried out, God, let this cup pass from me. And he sweat great drops of blood. He did not want to go through that horrible death. He cried out, he said, Father, not my will, but yours. And just as Isaac, Isaac planted the seed of willingly becoming that sacrifice. That planted the seed for Christ to come. God is transitioning from the Lamb to the Lamb of God. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called to him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. Abraham knew that he heard from God. Abraham knew. He had a relationship with the Father, and he knew the voice of God. The angel said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son. And he said it again, thy only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt sacrifice in the steed of his son. A blood sacrifice. It takes the blood sacrifice to cover our sins. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. God was beginning a plan. God was beginning a plan that would lead us to this last generation was setting up cycles within history for this day. Turn to Exodus chapter 12, 1 through 14. A new cycle, the next cycle, is coming about. Exodus 12, 1. And the Lord spake to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month, shall be unto you the beginning of month. It shall be the first month of the year unto you. Now, if you remember, Isaac had Jacob and Esau. And Jacob had Joseph, among others. He had, he had 12 children altogether, which make up the 12 tribes of Israel. But the other brothers, the, the, the older brothers that were, were by a different mother, they became jealous of Joseph. God, uh, Jacob had given Joseph a coat of many colors. Probably he gave him a beautiful 
fleet. And they became jealous of that. Daddy favored Joseph. Joseph had had dreams. Joseph had, had been shown by God that, that, that his brothers would bow to him. And he, he didn't understand, just like we don't understand. And he went out and blabbed it. And they became jealous. And they took him. And they sold him to a caravan. And he ended up in Egypt. But it was all part of God's plan. It was all part of God's plan. It didn't look like a good plan, God. Joseph ended up ended up being a slave to, to Potiphar. And then his wife lied about him. And he ended up in prison. And then he he still had this ability to interpret dreams. And these two these two prisoners each had a dream and they were all upset about it. He interpreted the dreams. One would return to his job for, with the king. The other one would be hung. And so he asked the one that, that was going to return. He said, please tell, tell the king about me, how I don't deserve to be here. The man forgot Joseph. Until one day, Pharaoh had a dream. And he had a dream. And it disturbed him. But he, no one could tell him the interpretation of the dream. And all of a sudden, that man remembered Joseph. And he said, King, I remember this young man. I had a dream. And he interpreted my dream and it came true. And here I am serving you once again. Maybe he can interpret your dream. And so they sent and they cleaned him up so he could be presented before the king. And Joseph not only interpreted the dream, but he made a suggestion to the king that they prepare for the famine that God was showing them was going to come. And the king said, Who in my kingdom is wiser than this young man? And Joseph went from the prisoner to second in command in Egypt in a day. When the time was right, God promoted him. And there he was. And for seven years, for seven years there was plenty, and they stored up the, the extra and Joseph was in charge of it and then came the seven years of famine and because the dream that God had given the king and because the king put Joseph in charge of the preparation the Egyptians didn't starve but those about in Rima area, they were all coming in because they heard there's food in Egypt. And guess who showed up? Joseph's brothers showed up. And Joseph said, hey, there's more years coming of famine. It's not over yet. Bring in the whole family. 
And they all came in and they bowed down to the prince of Egypt. Joseph's dream had come true. But somewhere along the line, 400 years had passed. That king was gone and the next king didn't remember. And they became afraid of the Israelites and they made them slaves. And they were wondering, where is God? Where is God? Have you ever wondered where God is in your life? Have you ever thought, God, why am I in this prison? Why am I a slave? Where are you, God? God. God had raised up Moses. And he sent him back to say to the to the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh that he had grown up with, the Pharaoh that he had lived in in the in the in royalty with. Let my people go. The Pharaoh laughed at him. There had been nine plagues. This tenth plague that was coming, God said. They will let you go after this plague. But they had to prepare. They had to prepare. Just as Noah had to prepare the ark. Just as we have been instructed by Prophet Decker to prepare for the plague. They had to prepare. And so the Lord is instructing Moses and Aaron. He said, this month, the month of Nisan, shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak you unto the congregation of Israel, saying, on the tenth day of this month, the tenth of Nisan, they, excuse me, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Blood is sacrifice. The lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the firstling year. You shall take it out from the sheep and from the goats. And you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Now that is important. The 14th day of Nisan in the evening, Christ was sacrificed. He died just as the lamb on this first Passover. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door of the houses wherein they shall eat it. That's going to form a cross with the blood. And they shall eat the flesh in that night with fire and unleavened bread. Passover. Pesach. 
And with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Something supernatural was about to happen. The death angel was going to come through and pass over that country. But when they see the blood, death angel will pass over you. Verse 9, eat not of it raw or sodden at all with water, but roast with fire. His head and his legs and the putinance thereof, and you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which does remain of it until the morning, you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand. You will eat it in haste. And I want you to underline this in verse 11. It is the Lord's Passover. It is the Lord's Passover. This is the first time that it's referred to in this way. It wasn't the Hebrew Passover. It wasn't the Israeli Passover. It wasn't the Jews' Passover. It was God's Passover. It was the Lord's Passover. It says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. He signs it. He seals it. With I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token or proof upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. Plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. A memorial. And you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. And you will keep it a feast by an ordinance. How long? Forever. We have Memorial Day here. We have Remembrance Day in Canada. We have we have the day we remember 9-11. We have the day we remember Pearl Harbor. This day, this celebration of the Lord's Passover shall be a memorial of remembering what happened there in Egypt. But it was a blood sacrifice, the blood of a lamb that was sacrificed. Exodus 22, Exodus 22, verse 29 and 30. Thou shalt not delay to offer up the first of thy ripe fruits and of thy liquors. The firstborn of thy sons shalt thou give unto me. Likewise shalt thou do with thine oxes and sheep. Seven days shall it be with his dame, and on the eighth day thou shalt give it to me. God is setting up the sacrifices that Israel would do in the temple. Exodus 13, 
And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, as he swear unto thee and to thy fathers, and shall give it unto thee. Thou shalt set apart from the Lord all that opens the matrix, the very firstlings that come of the beast that thou hast. The males shall be the Lord. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with the lamb. And again, it took a sacrifice. A blood sacrifice. And if thou redeem it not, not, then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man among thy children thou shalt redeem. God set up how he wanted this done. He set it up. He said, this is how it's going to be. This is how I want it done. But something happened. Something happened. Israel kept returning to their sins. They kept on sinning. And they began to do something that we have done in our churches. It became religious rigmarole. It wasn't done from the heart as a sacrifice to God. It was done just because it was the thing to do. We're guilty of that ourselves. We become religious. We just do things because it's the thing to do. And that's why we do it. And that's what happened. Israel became religious. Turn to Isaiah, chapter 1. Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 11 through 19. And what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices? God is speaking here. He said, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? I am full of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of of fed beasts. I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or he goats. When you come appear before me, who has required that at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain obligations. What does that mean? Don't be coming with the wrong heart. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moon, the Sabbath, the calling of assemblies. I cannot away with it. God is fed up with their religion. Even the solemn meeting that you have. Your new moves and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. When you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Whoa! Your hands are full of blood. 
because they did it as an act of religion rather than doing it with the correct heart. God said, your hands are full of blood. I'm done with it, he said. Wash, make yourself clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they will be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Wow. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You see, it doesn't, God is not impressed with religious sacraments. God is not impressed with religious, empty words. God is looking at our hearts. He says, if you will be willing and obedient, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 12. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he hath grown up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form, no comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. The prophet understood that God was going to send a lamb in place of all those lambs. The prophet Isaiah was understanding this. And he's prophesying of Yeshua. He said, there's nothing in him that's going to make you desire him. He is despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God. We're like, God did that to you. If you were, if you were her, you said you were, that wouldn't have happened. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Yeshua became the sacrificial lamb for me and for you. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. 
Yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before his shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Isaac didn't argue with Abraham, did he? He willingly went. Willingly. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people was he stricken. That's the reason why he became the sacrifice. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. He wasn't deceitful at all. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. The Lamb of God. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great. He will divide the spoil with the strong because he has poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors, bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Remember him praying, Father, forgive them. But they don't know what they do. They were killing God's only son. Whom he loved. Yeshua had become that lamb sacrifice. The lamb of all lambs. There didn't need to be any more sacrifice of a lamb on Passover for forgiveness of sin. It was taken care of. And Isaiah was prophesied. The transition. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Chapter 1 verse 21. The angels are speaking of Yeshua. And they're saying, she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Yeshua, for he shall save his people from their sins. Israel knew the Messiah was going to come from Bethlehem. It had been prophesied. They knew that he was to be revealed from meager elder, which is called the Tower of the Flock. It was a tower that overlooked the flock of lambs that would be sacrificed. Remember, they, they had to bring them into their homes on the 10th, and the sacrifice was made on the 14th of that month. They knew that's how he was going to come. That tower. That tower was important. It was located in Bethlehem. G. 
Jesus was in Bethlehem. A shadow that was cast. Turn to John, chapter 1, verse 29. John 1, 29. And the next day, John sees Yeshua coming unto him. Now, this is John the Baptist, his cousin. His cousin's been out there ministering in the wilderness. People were flocking to him because he was a true Kohanim. And they were being mitzvahed by him. And Yeshua came. And John looks up and he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of Israel. No, that's not what he said, was it? Taketh away the sins of the world. Yeshua died for everyone. Whosoever will become willing and obedient. That word sin there symbolizes totality. Yeshua was the Lamb of God, that that final lamb sacrificed once and for all. So you could be presented before God absolutely sinless. God was going to declare victory over what began way back in the Garden of Eden. God had transitioned. God had transitioned. Yeshua came in on Palm Sunday on a donkey. There were two ways that a king entered into Jerusalem. One was after battle, and he came in with the chariots of war and celebrated with the people their triumph and their victory. The other was to merely ride in on a donkey. And Yeshua came in on the perfect donkey. And the people began to lay down their palm leaves and they began to shout, Hosanna! Hosanna! Because the king had come. The king that was about to become the king of all kings. And here he came, right down Main Street. And he had now declared his kingship. Yeshua said to Israel and the entire world, I am the king of kings. I am he sent by God. The Holy Lamb of God had entered into the holy city of Jerusalem. Few noticed that the lambs that were being brought past the tower of flock. At the same time Yeshua was entered, they were bringing them in now because it was time Passover was almost here. And now they were bringing them in. 
that they could be sacrificed in their blood, put on the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. But here comes, right down Main Street, Jerusalem, the Lamb of God. They both passed by the tower of the flock. They both were going towards the sacrifice. The earth was now ready. Everything God had done from the very beginning. You must cover them. You must kill an animal and cover Adam and Eve was now about to be fulfilled by his holy son, Cross. Everyone was excited. It was Passover. It was the time of year when their sins were washed away. Yeshua became the lamb, that sacrifice. He chose to lay down his his life. No one took it. They couldn't take it. At 3 o'clock in the afternoon, everything got dark. A great earthquake occurred. And it tore in the great temple. It tore the veil over the Holy of Holies from the top to the bottom. And a new cycle had begun. A new transition had begun. And the old was no longer going to be received by a living God. Said even the dead came up out of the graves. And began to walk around. Can you imagine? Blessed are those. Who have never seen and yet believe. Yeshua said that to Thomas. Thomas has said. I am not going to believe that Yeshua has raised from the dead. Unless I can thrust my hand into his side where that spear went. And put my fingers in the nail holes. And Yeshua appeared before him and said, thrust your hand into my side, Thomas. Stick your fingers in the nail holes. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And Yeshua said, you believe because you see. Blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. That's you and I. We keep Passover as a memorial of remembering that Christ died for our sins, of remembering how God brought Egypt or brought Israel out of Egypt. But God had begun a new cycle. God had transitioned. And let me tell you something. Prophet Deckard spoke of another transition. A transition that pulled us out of our religious state in our denominational churches. A a transition that brought us in to keeping the covenant that was never 
supposed to have stopped, but we had been blinded. And the blinders came off. And we began to keep the covenant. And we keep this holy festival in remembrance. In remembrance. Our sins are forgiven. We don't sacrifice that lamb. But we keep the festival knowing our sins are forgiven if we have received him as Lord. But in obedience to the covenant, we keep the festival. We are walking in the midst of a new cycle. He took away the first to establish the second. Pesach, Passover. That is the reason we keep it. That is the reason it's so important. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those who have been listening. I lift up their needs to you, Father. I pray, I pray that they stop the religious rigmarole and serve you, Father, with a willing and obedient heart. In Yeshua's name, amen. I want to thank you for tuning in, and I want to remind all of you that with God, all things are possible. Oh, hey.